Headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units stand by for On Patrol with the PPD, airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. Today is Friday, October 29th, 2021, and we have an exciting episode ahead. My name is Mike Wynn. I am the co-host and co-producer of this purportedly weekly radio program. I'm also the chief of police here in the city of Pittsfield, Massachusetts. I'm joined in studio this morning by IT guru Smart Gary Munn. Good morning, Smart Gary. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm all right. Awesome Gary is not with us. He, uh, he had a family emergency, and he had to take some time off. We also have a special guest joining us in studio this morning. We'll introduce him after we get a check of the weather and the news. Uh, Gary, you're, you're working the board, and you're a little excited, but you just cut Ms. Glockner right off, right in the middle of the trick-or-treat announcement. Uh, I'm sorry. Saturday, this Saturday, tomorrow night, 537. It's going to rain. It's going to rain, but we gotta get that. We got to get that out for her. Let's get a check of the weather so we find out it's going to rain, and then uh, we'll talk about a couple noteworthy news items. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Today, patchy fog this morning. Mostly sunny. Highs in the lower 50s. East wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly cloudy. Rain after midnight. Lows around 40. East wind 15 to 20 miles per hour. Gusts up to 35 miles per hour after midnight. Chance of rain 80%. Saturday, mostly cloudy. A chance of rain in the morning, then rain in the afternoon. Highs in the upper 50s. East wind 15 to 20 miles per hour with gusts up to 35 miles per hour. Chance of rain 90%. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. All right, like Smart Gary said, rain, rain, more rain. It's a rainy fall here in the Berkshires. A couple noteworthy news items specifically related to uh, law and crime. I want to lead off with one. You can check it out on our social media, or you can go check out this morning's um, Berkshire Eagle uh, on page A3. Headline is, Ghost Gun Probe Nets Two Arrests. And so in a joint operation early yesterday morning, Berkshire County Special Response Team executed simultaneous search warrants on two targets here in the city of Pittsfield. The purpose of the investigation was uh, to target an organization that has been manufacturing and distributing illegal firearms, in this case, ghost guns. Um, You can check out the media release for the details. And ordinarily, I don't like stay on on the news stories and kind of go off into an editorial tangent but this time uh similar to one of the earlier summer shootings i have to a friend and partner of ours a good community partner um mr brian andrews the president of county ambulance he shared our media release from our facebook page yesterday and late last night after i got out of the um, dojo i was reading some of the comments on his and i just i need to address something so in the media release uh lieutenant souls who wrote that he basically said that you know these ghost guns, these these kits, can be completed and assembled by somebody with not a lot of skill. And a commentator took a session of that and said, you know, maybe these guys studied machining. I, I need to address that. You don't need to study machining. The company in question, particularly the one that uh, we were referring to in that media release, when they sell you this kit as an internet purchase, it comes with the cutting template. You need the piece that they send you, the cutting template, a drill press, and a Dremel tool. And with a flat tabletop, you can, in a couple quick little uh, movements with the drill press and the Dremel tool to clean it out, turn this block of plastic into a functioning firearm frame. All the other pieces you need to turn that into a, a functioning firearm can be bought off the internet and they're not controlled. So let's not make this more than this is, right? Ghost guns are incredibly easy to assemble. They're incredibly dangerous to our communities, and it can't be under, undersold or undercredited that we're working hard to take these off the street. Um, we recovered one loaded earlier in the summer, and we're having difficulty tracking down the source because, as it says, ghost guns are, are not serialized. They're hard to track down. And shutting down this flow of illegal firearms into our community is a big deal. So if you don't know, you know, just do us all a favor and stay out of the conversation. If you want to be educated, ask questions, but don't make assumptions. Not a lot of talent necessary to turn these things out. 
Uh, that's the end of the sermon. Sorry. <laughs> Related, um, over the weekend, North Adams, uh, shooting incident in North Adams, two separate arrests made. Again, you can check out the story in the Berkshire Eagle. And, um, you know, it, we can't say it enough. We've been talking about it on this show for a long time, and particularly in the last several months. Gun violence is is a serious issue in Berkshire County right now. And the gun violence that's going on in Berkshire County is being proliferated by illegal guns. This isn't about lawful gun ownership. This isn't about the Second Amendment. This is about people deliberately importing illegal guns into our community and putting them on the street for the purpose of committing crimes of violence. Let's call it what it is. Um, you know, the police departments throughout the county are working hard to track these people down and to arrest them. Uh, we're doing what we need to do. But there are residents out there who know that these young people are buying and using these guns and they're not providing us with that information. Uh, we would much rather deal with this stuff before somebody gets hurt or killed than deal with it after the fact. So if you know a young person who is making bad decisions and is accessing or attempting to access an unlawful firearm, do everybody a favor and notify your local law enforcement. The last news article I want to actually I can't say that we got to do two of these. We'll do the, the bad one first, and then we'll wrap up with a couple fun stories um, before I introduce my guest, who probably knows more about one of these stories. So in an effort to support our partners in public health, I just have to make a mention of this. Go check it out. You can either check it out in our local news outlets or go check out the city's website for the COVID-19 updates. Berkshire County, in comparison with other parts of the Commonwealth and other parts of the country, we're still seeing an increase in positivity rates in testing, which means we haven't done what we need to do to keep up with the outbreaks of these most recent variants. And if you go read the article, it's largely, as I understand it, it's largely due to the fact that people are assuming that with the change of weather, symptoms that may be manifesting are the common cold or maybe, you know, seasonal flu. So they're having a change in their medical condition and they're not going and getting a test until it's too late. Uh, I'm not a medical provider. Go read the article. If you're developing symptoms that could be consistent with COVID, go get a test. Not only be because you could intentionally or you could potentially contaminate or infect somebody else, but also because with the treatments that are available, you could have a much better recovery if you get tested and, and identified early. So just go do that. Changing gears real quick, positive story. Local legend, Mark Bellinger, has been recognized by Major League Baseball. I, mean, I can't find the, the name of the He's receiving the he's the 2021 recipient of the Kurt Flood Award, and uh, you know I'm not a sports fan. We've talked about that on the show in the past, but uh, I am a Mark Bellinger fan, and it's funny because uh, you know back in the day before the the contracts that athletes get now, off season athletes had regular jobs, and one of Mark Bellinger's regular jobs is he worked in the sporting goods department at Bessie Clark, and I know that for two reasons. One. Um, one of Mark's relatives, I think he's a cousin, was my big brother through the Big Brothers Big Sister program. So I had the opportunity to meet Mark. But the other thing I know is he sold me my first pair of running shoes when I was in middle school. So uh, that was a pretty cool. That was a pretty cool thing. Um, and his, I, I don't, I don't know if his, it was a wife at the time or possibly ex-wife was also a Pittsfield Public School teacher. So there was this sense of community around Mark. So. Well deserved, and uh, you know, congratulations to him posthumously and to the Bellinger family, who have been um, staples in our community for a long time. And then finally, we'll just pivot off of this. I thought uh, Comfort Officer Winston might be joining us in studio this morning. I know Officer Derby's going to do a turnover at some point today, but Officer Winston made news yesterday. He went and visited Dalton PD and a couple of the Dalton schools, uh, and I I got a. Uh, an interesting message on my way out of the house this morning. I don't know that it's entirely as a result of that, but definitely partially as a result of that. Uh, it's a good possibility more comfort dogs will be coming to more Berkshire Police Departments in the near future. Uh, I got a message from um, Berkshire Poodles, and, and they're interested in expanding that program. So shout out to them, and we'll see how that goes. That's enough of the news. Without further ado, it is my... Pleasure to introduce in studio this morning, Mr. Joe McGovern from the Pittsfield Boys and Girls Club. Hello. Welcome, Joe. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It, sorry it took so long for us to set this up. We've been trying to do this for several weeks, and my travel schedule had me out all over the place. 
I know Gary was trying to do it. Yeah. I have to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna rat out a colleague of mine here. Mr. Munn said he wasn't gonna talk at all today, which we're gonna address that quickly. <laughs> Gary, this mic is messed up this morning. <laughs> um, but Mr. Munn is not somebody who spent time at the club, and I'm not somebody who spent a ton of time at the club. But at least I, you know, I know enough about yeah. the boys and well, at the time it was the boys' club, but now the boys and girls' club that we have, you know, history going way back. Yep. But Gary's like, what am I going to talk to him about? I didn't go to the boys and girls' club. <laughs> you, you're a local resident. You grew up here, right? I grew up in Dalton. All right, well, all right, so you're the CRA. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell you all about that. Yeah. Okay. So now we know. <laughs> It's a little bougie, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Joe, yes. welcome to the show. Thanks Thank for coming in today. Um, I'm curious, before we get to talk a little bit about you and the club and programming, do you have any connections with, with Mark Bellinger? No, do I know? don't. No. The only connections I have, which is really unique, is um, I, went to, I went and spent a year down in Hartford County, Maryland, okay. um, running the Boys and Girls Club down there. And the founders of that Boys and Girls Club were Cal and Val Ripken. Okay. Um, and Cal was coaching, Cal Sr. was coaching Mark when Cal Jr. came up. Got it. Um, and there wasn't a lot of love there. It wasn't, no. It wasn't no. A lot of, wasn't, so you get a different perspective from a different part of the country. Yeah. Well, Maryland sports are weird. It's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a weird part. Of it. It's different. Yeah. I, um, again, I'm not, I'm not big into professional sports. I had the opportunity to be at a conference down in Baltimore in the Inner Harbor several years ago and we were on a off evening and i wandered back behind the ballpark there's a there's an unbelievable sports museum on oh, the yeah. back side of yeah. Orioles stadium yeah. uh and so you know sports museums i've been there before and i was intrigued that it's maryland right so you gotta take baseball figured prominently but the the main displays were lacrosse horse racing and the negro leagues in yeah. baseball um they they were like front and center all other kind of aspects of sports were kind of pushed off i just i thought it was really cool that they chose to highlight these three sports that they had unique connection with instead of just going mainstream yeah lacrosse is huge down down there, there yeah huge you can walk into a mall and instead of having a sports store they'll just have a little cross yeah, straight up yeah. straight up lacrosse like we have hockey stores out yeah. east they have lacrosse stores <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. exactly all right so Let's start, you know, with a little bit about you. Tell our viewers and listeners, you know, who is Joe McGovern? I, I know something about you. Full disclosure, Joe and I went to school together. Um, but, yeah, you know, give us your backstory. Well, I grew up here in Pittsfield. Graduated from Taconic High School in 87. And uh, I grew up at the club. Started going there when I was nine years old. Um, fell in love with it. Um, my, my mentor and the person that I wanted to be in, when I grew up in life was Mr. Mooney. Um, who, who was the director at the club at the time and is a local legend. Local legend. Local legend, yeah. And uh, so, so I started working there when I was 14 in the locker room and, and slowly advanced up. And then uh, um, right after graduating high school, Mr. Mooney gave me a full-time job, and I started my career there. Spent five years at the CYC afterwards as the program director. And then at a very early age, probably too early at the time, I didn't know any better. At 24, I got my first CEO job and ran the Westfield Boys and Girls Club for 10 years. Um, but always wanted to come home. My wife and I had our first kid. It was the first grandkid on both sides. So started to look for an opportunity to come home and to Berkshire County. And the YMCA job up in North Adams opened up. So I did that for a few years and then took over the United Way. But knew that I always wanted to run a Boys and Girls Club again. And then got the opportunity to go to Hartford County, Maryland, which is right outside of Baltimore. Um, ran one of the largest organizations in the country for a year. Um, but then Pittsfield came calling and, and uh, didn't think we would end up coming home, but, but we did. So you came home. Yeah, I came home. Yeah. I, I loved Pittsfield. My family's still here. Love Berkshire County. Um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of our, you know, Kids growing up couldn't wait to get out of here, right. um, but I, I couldn't wait to come back. back. I couldn't wait to come back. So been there since uh, July first of two thousand seventeen, and uh, and it still feels like the first day to me. Enjoying it every day. It's interesting because you know my unlike a lot of our our classmates or schoolmates, uh, you know I left and never thought I was coming back. And because of you know directions and things that changed with my time in the military and my academic career, I came back quickly. And then never left. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, it one, you know, Berkshire County in general, Pittsfield in particular, it's a great place to grow up, but it's also a great place to raise a family, right? Mm -hmm. And so we talk to, when we do stuff with the youth leadership program, say, okay, you know, get out, go explore, but have a plan to come back because you can go to a big city 
and you can enjoy some success and we hope that you do but you'll never enjoy as high a quality of life for the same amount of effort in a major city yeah. than you can when you come back here yeah. um it's just it's a it's a significant trade-off yeah. all right so follow-up question how long were you at the what years were you at the westfield boys and girls club um 94 to 04 okay so you were actually in command at the westfield boys and girls club when i was assigned to the academy which is interesting because we PT'd at the Westfield Boys and Girls Club. Yep. Yep. So that was 2001. Yep. I got assigned to the academy as a drill instructor. And we yep. would form up there in the parking in lot. In the parking lot, yep. And smoke them in the back, uh, <laughs> in the back playing fields and then bring them inside. That, we were very grateful to have the support of the Westfield Boys and Girls Club. That was an unbelievable place for us to be able yeah. to... Um, to start police training because the facilities in Feeding Hills yep. which were so inadequate. So we would start our day in Westfield, smoke them, get them cleaned up, send them back to the academy, start their training day. Interesting stuff, yeah. I used yeah. to enjoy watching it through the glass in yeah. the gym, yeah. yeah. And it was always cool for us because if somebody was uh, less than 100%, if they had sustained an injury or some type of strain, we didn't have to... We didn't have to come up with an alternative plan. We could just send them inside, and you would open the fitness center. So we just put them on a bike or on an um, elliptical or something like that while we were doing something else. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for that. Yeah. All right. So I didn't have a chance to do all my research, so I'm going to get this wrong. The Boys and Girls Club, at least locally, and I think it's it's consistent for organizations, uh, even back to when it wasn't the Boys and Girls Club. It was just you know its predecessor, the Boys Club. They recognize a youth uh, a significant youth of the year, but you know, back in the day, I think it was the name of the award was Man of the Year, Boy of the Year, Boy of the Year. Boy of the year. All right, so you were that. No, no, I was actually. This this is interesting. So, um, Boys and Girls Clubs of America went to Boys and Girls okay. Clubs of America in 1986. Okay, um, we locally didn't go to a Boys and Girls Club till 1987. Got it. So I won the award in 1987. I was the first Youth of the Year. Youth of the youth Year. Youth of the Year. Got it. Sean Southern, if you remember, Sean was the last Boy of the Year in okay. 1986. Yeah. So, yep. so, all right. See, I should have done my research. <laughs> <laughs> Checked your bio, um, but that's a big deal, right? I remember I remember when you got it. Yeah. And that was a huge deal. And I certainly think based on the work that you were doing at the time cuz you had been with the club for several years at that point and yeah. the comments that Mr. Mooney kind of offered at the time. I don't think anybody was surprised when you stayed in in youth services as as like your path. Yeah. You you kind of like were predestined for that. Well, I think he, you know, again, he was my mentor, and I think he started grooming me because he saw that I wanted to do this. Right. I mean, you know, you're always asked when you when you're a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? And there's not a lot of people who say, well, I want to be, you know, run a boys and girls club. And <laughs> and I started saying that when I was 15 years old. Nice. And and so he took it seriously. You know, if you knew Mr. Mooney. Um, Working with kids was a little bit different back then. You Absolutely. Could be, you could be a little bit harder, and you could be a little bit stronger. And, and uh, um, you know, he told it like it was. And, and, and he fired me probably 11 times <laughs> over the course of my career. And, and uh, um, but, but, you know, he, he, I think he knew one day that I would come back and run the club. One, so you, you said it when you were kind of giving the background. I mean, Jim Mooney is a local legend. He was just unbelievable. Is a tragedy to our community when we lost him. But one of the things about Jim that always impressed me, like, you know, as I said, I spent a little bit of time at the club when I was growing up. I, I was into other stuff, and I was pretty active in Boy Scouting, so I didn't spend as much time there as, say, my younger brother did. Um, but I could be away for, you know, two years not having done anything, show up because there was a game, and he would see me, and he would know me and call me by name. He knew everybody's Everybody. name. Yeah. Everybody's and, name. You know, then go away, join the military, come back, you know, go watch a game. He'd be standing in the lobby, see you, welcome you back. It didn't matter how long you had been gone. He knew yeah. stuff. A memory for faces and names that I, I wish I had. Yeah, me too. He'd he, have been he, a great cop. I tried, but I can't. I can't, I can't you know, there's it's 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 amazing to me that uh, I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find another person in our community's history who touched as many lives as Mr. Mooney did. And yeah, absolutely. He was special. He was special. So, um, you know, when I was when I was a kid, um, single parent. You know, well, that's not fair. Um, my mom. At, you know, trying to raise two boys at home. My stepfather, who was is amazing, but was a long haul trucker, so wasn't there all yeah. the time. Uh, 
you know, a lot of times my mom would be looking for ways that she could find something to occupy our time that would be productive and, and educational and beneficial. And in many ways, the club served that purpose. So, uh, you know, this is going way back in the early 70s now. Uh, at the time, there was a strong affiliation between the Boys Club and Big Brothers Big Sisters. Yeah. I remember going uh, to the interview where I met Tony uh, in the old club. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Tony was a significant factor and part of my life for a number of years, starting when I was in elementary school, straight up until when I was in high school. Um, wouldn't have had that without, without the association with the club took my first martial arts class upstairs in the tiny little like you know gym studio up there on yep. the upper floor uh the game room yeah. uh took my swim lessons there it, it's just like you know for, for somebody who didn't have a strong affiliation with the club there's significant portions of my childhood that would have been empty if that building hadn't been there on melville street yeah. for a lot of us yeah I mean, it's the, like i said i grew up there um and and it's the same way today you know yeah. we have a hardcore group of kids that come in every day and are there from the time we open at 2.30 to the time we close at 9 o'clock. Yeah. Um, you know, we're doing, it's a little different today, you know, because obviously our society has changed. Things are much quicker. Um, kids want instant access to things. Uh, technology plays a big role in what we do now. Um, but it's still, it's a place for kids to get off the streets. It's a place for kids to go and have positive mentors, have positive adults in their lives. Um, and and it's, it's rocking and rolling. And we're happy to have the kids back. Last year, we didn't have our drop-in program because yeah. of COVID. Um, Pre-COVID, we were averaging 450 kids a day wow. coming through the door. Um, and, and it was huge. And it was back to that vibrant, you know, kids having a good time and learning and growing. And um, as of this week, we're averaging about 200 kids a day when basketball starts and hockey starts all next week. So we'll start to explode again. So it's, it's exciting time over there again. It was a tough year but, last year. So, so let's talk about that briefly um, before we, we kind of like come to our midpoint station identification. We'll come back and we'll, we'll really dig into, you know, what you do there and yeah. what the mission is. Um, but so obviously when the pandemic hit, you couldn't continue operations as normal. No. You couldn't have the drop-in program. Yeah. But the, there were certain things that you 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 couldn't let go right there, there's certain functions that you provide but one of the other things is you recognize that you had a space available mm -hmm. that if it wasn't being used for the drop-in program could be repurposed for other things yeah and so the club was was deeply involved in food distribution yeah. efforts during the pandemic yeah. um you know so we've already spoken in previous episodes about what the city was doing and kind of our plan but there there was no way that government was going to be able to manage this alone so we were looking for key partners and the united way stepped up in a big well gonna so the Pritzfield public schools particularly their um their meals you know, the the food services they stepped up in a big big way but they essentially worked during the week right? and they they did yeoman's work on that uh and then the united way quickly identified that there was going to be this gap particularly around the weekends and so they could do things to get and prepare some of the food, but how do you get that out? And so the club was there. Right? And so, um, you know, playing a pivotal role in supporting and feeding our community during the height of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. It was exciting. You know, I already knew we had an awesome staff, um, but to watch them in, in the beginning of the pandemic and then throughout the pandemic to have to pivot every day yeah. and do something we never thought we would do before. I mean, I don't think we ever imagined that we would become a distribution center um, for food, you know, and, and um, they did a tremendous job. Um, and, and it was, it was just the whole community coming together to make sure people had what they needed during those times. The most incredible thing I ever seen was um, I think it was either February or April vacation there was going to be a gap because um, the uh, public schools wasn't doing the food right. and the United Way came to us and said you know can we can we put we'll get all the food can your staff put all the food together and we'll get it all out in one day and it was like 3,500 bags that was covering two of our basketball courts of wow. food that went out the door. And it was just incredible to see all the support that was getting out in our community. You know, you always hear about the bad things in Pittsfield, mm -hmm. um, but there's so much good here. You know, when you mentioned about growing up here and raising a family, yeah. it, there's so much good here going on right now. We talk about that on this show quite frequently, it, that, you know, you get a lot of negative comments, right? It's just, it's in some ways, it's human nature. In some ways, it's just sensationalism. But the negative comments tend to drown out the positive. Yeah. And there's so much more positive yeah. going on. And 
I, I talk to chiefs from all around the community or all around the, the Commonwealth and all around the country and the degree of generosity that exists in Berkshire County uh, and throughout, you know, it's all of Berkshire County, but we, we experience it most of the time here. The amount of generosity on a daily basis, it just can't be, it can't be discounted. Yeah. And I don't care what it is, and I've said it on the program in the past, we could be out doing law enforcement torch run fundraisers, cop on top, or, or something like that. And even people that we've had negative law enforcement interactions support those fundraising efforts. Yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll come up and they'll say, you know, I don't like you, but I like what you're doing for the kids. Okay. That's all we can ask, right? Yep. And it doesn't matter what the situation is, what the appeal is, you know, I don't, it's very rare that somebody sets a, a fundraiser, a fundraising goal here and doesn't exceed it. That's correct. Yeah. It, it just, yeah. it's very, very rare that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one of the, one of the things that was the, the most valuable about the club, particularly for the, the feeding, but there, you know, there's other stuff that was going on at the time is the facility, right? It's it's a massive facility. Largest boys and girls club under one roof in the country. Is it really? 120,000 square feet. That's amazing. Huge. And so, you know, we talk, again, I talk to people from elsewhere in the community, elsewhere in the Commonwealth, elsewhere in the country. So you've got three basketball courts, right? Yeah, three full. Yeah. Three full-size basketball courts yeah. in, in one gymnasium. Yeah, this we could 4,000 people in that there. gym. Yeah. yeah. Um, a hockey rank, ice rank. Only one in the country on the third, third floor. floor <laughs> which is is a legend in and of itself when Correct. they have to de-ice that thing. <laughs> and a, and a, is it an Olympic-sized swimming pool? No, no not quite. But not, it's a swimming pool. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but a, a major, massive swimming pool yeah. that was... Uh, yeah. Is, uh, it's it, it's been renovated a couple times in my lifetime. I know that. Yeah. Um, it's just that's an unbelievable facility. Oh right? yeah. Don't forget the the lighthouse. Yeah, so know, yeah, huge, absolutely. Huge. I mean, where where dances in town were legendary. You know, in the seventies and eighties and nineties. That and, that was just a conversation I overheard uh, in the hallway at the station. I'm not going to get any details about that. <laughs> a lot of um. A lot of long lasting successful relationships and marriages in Central Berkshire County. At the club. <laughs> tie, their, tie their start back to yeah, Friday nights yeah. at the lighthouse. And the club renovated that. I want to say it's going back about 10 years now. And, and so we now have a full commercial kitchen. Yep. We have a number of classrooms in there. We, we still have what we call the pit, which is the one section of the old, the old lighthouse. But um, it's turned into uh, one of the best plots in the club because uh, pre-COVID and again starting this uh, Monday, we do a program there called Triple Play. Okay. Um, so we're, we're Monday through Thursday. Um, the kids get a hot meal. Um, and Friday they get sandwiches and chips yep. and stuff, but they actually sit down, old-fashioned family style around the table, around the tables, and learn how how to eat properly and handle themselves yep. at, at a at a dinner. Um, but we have guest speakers come in and talk to them during the dinner time that they're there. But uh, we get about eighty-five to hundred kids a day that go down there to have a hot meal every day. So I should I shouldn't say this on the air, but I'm going to. I had a meet. We have a couple. Kind of, conversation i need to initiate with you after we get off the show this yeah. morning um but we had a meeting recently with a community member who's interested in in you know working to establish a program that we may need to ask you for some assistance on yeah. and uh so i'm in the meeting with this community member a couple colleagues from other branches of government and we're talking about you know what this program might look like what the timeline might be and he's sharing with us that he's trying to instill you know He's trying to instill character and values in his sons. And, and one of the things that he values with that is family dinner time. Yeah. And he's in competition with the club because he's like, be home at this time. We're going to sit down and have dinner. And they're like, Dad, we want to go eat at the club with our friends. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, that's important and valuable, too, and the socialization and yeah. the sense of community. And he's like, and so, you know, sometimes he's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so off they go. Yeah. So that's cool. They know? enjoy it. They really yeah. do. They re it, and, and, again, the guest speakers that Cam Warren, who, who runs the program for us and does a phenomenal job, they come in and they spend 10 minutes just talking about how they got to wherever they were, whatever their career. Yeah, is, wherever they're doing in life and and, and it's it's a wonderful program wonderful. so part of that renovation of the lighthouse because i know i i took a walk down and and toured it there's a 
unbelievable fitness center down in the SBS at the too. Ba- no, at when the they did the, no, they did, it's at the uh, backside of the gym. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that, but the, when they did the renovations, yes. that's what they did. They did. Yeah. yeah, and the kids use that a lot now. It's um, um, Dan Joslin, who is our program director, who, yep. who has more positive energy than anybody I've ever met in my life. Yep. Um, he gets the kids up and moving and, and tries to teach them, you know, about fitness and about yep. health, and and um, it gets a lot of use. A that, lot of use. That's a. Uh, that's a hidden gem. That that's yeah. a well equipped and appointed little fitness yeah, center really hiding is. down there. It really is. So, yeah. so when yeah. Peter Bell, who was the director at the time, put that in there, um, he had the foresight to know that you know kids were going to need things like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what a club membership is these days. Twenty dollars. It's got to be cheaper than a uh, gym membership out in the community. Yeah. Even, yeah. even you know yeah. some of the discount gyms out there. Yeah, no, it's still twenty dollars for the year. Yeah, that's so. it, and that includes all of the programming. Some of the sports are some yeah. additional fees, but it includes the, everything. You can do there every day. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So let's take another check of the weather and some PSAs, and then we'll come back and we'll dig into some details about specifically the types of things that are going on at the club. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area today. Patchy fog this morning. Mostly sunny. Highs in the lower 50s. East wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly cloudy. Rain after midnight. Lows around 40. East wind 15 to 20 miles per hour. Gusts up to 35 miles per hour after midnight. Chance of rain 80%. Saturday, mostly cloudy. A chance of rain in the morning, then rain in the afternoon. Highs in the upper 50s. East wind 15 to 20 miles per hour with gusts up to 35 miles per hour. Chance of rain 90%. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Support for WTBR comes from Berkshire Community College. BCC provides access to higher education to everyone in Berkshire County and beyond, offering more than 50 high-quality programs, small class sizes, and an affordable education to help their students of all ages achieve their dreams. At BCC, their middle name is Community. And from County Ambulance, providing quality, professional, efficient medical care and medical transportation services to the citizens of Berkshire County. Online at countyamb.com. Is your little one safe inside your vehicle? Is the child seat installed properly? Is it the correct seat for your child? Hi, this is Sergeant Mark Madeline with the Pittsfield Police Department reminding you to please keep your children safe. Follow the safety seat manufacturer's recommendations for height and weight and check NHTSA's website or our Facebook page for recommendations. If you have a question or would like your seat installation checked, please contact our department at 413-448-9700, extension 575. Our officers are certified safety seat installers. Thank you. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union, proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal, with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. And from BeFair. BeFair is one of the largest premier human service agencies in Berkshire County. If you're looking for services for a loved one or are interested in caring for the people we support, visit BeFair.org today for available opportunities. Hi, this is Officer Darren Derby with the Pittsfield Police Department. Folks, unfortunately, drug use is a driving factor for a lot of crime taking place in our city. The most prevalent crime being theft. Please, take the extra time to ensure that your belongings are safe inside your vehicle. Do not leave anything of value in plain sight. Hide your belongings. Place them in your trunk or take anything of value out of the vehicle. Always keep your vehicle locked. Don't make it easy for them. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. All right, we're back. Thanks for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television. If you are just joining us, today is Friday, October 29th, 2021, and we are talking with Joe McGovern from the Pittsfield Boys and Girls Club about uh, the history of the club and his history with the club, a little bit less about my history with the club, and uh, now we're going to pivot a little bit. But before we do that, Gary, how do you how do you grow up in Berkshire County, in the in Central Berkshire County, and not have at least some connection to the club? I lived under a rock. <laughs> Nothing. You didn't you didn't go there to watch Wakona basketball play. No, I went there. I went there once. The, okay. It was probably about thirty five years ago. Globetrotters were were there. Yeah. So I, I did go there once. Yep. 
No, no WWE. No, nope. that was a big thing. That was a big that thing was a back big then. Thing back in the day, right? Yeah. Guys, would, guys would just wait eagerly to go watch the WWE because the out. actual real wrestlers came. Yeah, like nowadays yeah. when you our venues are so small. Yeah, you know if they were to come back here today, you get the fourth and fifth yeah. year wrestlers. But <laughs> so we used to, I met some really good wrestlers working in the locker room. <laughs> so I have to share this story. It it is not a story I'm proud of, but I'm going to share this story. So when I was in um, middle school age. I bounced around a little bit from school to school. So I left, I finished fifth grade. I was in the first class to complete elementary school in fifth grade and go to middle school instead of junior high school. But my family moved to Lenox. And so I did sixth grade in Lenox in the joint middle and high school. Then we moved to Otis. So I did seventh grade in Lee. And then I came back to Pittsville. We moved back into our house and I did eighth grade at Crosby before so my three middle school years three different schools that go to high school so and friends in Lenox had friends in Lee and Otis and then I was back in Pittsfield and I think it had to be like my junior year Lee was playing to Connick at the club in a hockey game and we had just gotten back from a wrestling trip and so we were we were pretty pumped up and my buddies and I made a deliberate decision to go sit with the Lee fans in their section. <laughs> and so we're over there basically taunting the players and, and just causing a ruckus. And all of a sudden, this young woman sitting in front of me turned around and she goes, Mike Wynn, you used to be such a nice kid. <laughs> like, oh, man. Yep. Oh, there's some stories out of that hockey rink. Oh, and, my and, God. Hockey was huge in Berkshire yeah. County at the time, and, and especially in the in the 80s and 90s. And, and when, when every high school had a team. Every high school had a team. Fighting yeah. for ice time. Yeah. And then it was the, the capacity was limited up there, so especially when you had yeah. rivalry games, yeah. just trying to get Standing in. Standing room only. Yeah. yeah there are stories about kids trying to climb up the back, <laughs> the, the, the ice chute, yep. to try to sneak into the there, game. Right? Yeah. Yep. Um, so real quick before we get into some of the detailed programming so again you know limited time at the club other than going to sporting events and and you know dances and stuff there when i was in high school then away for a long time then eventually got on the job and through community policing and stuff spent a little bit of time at the club doing some uh doing some programming there and then i really hadn't thought much about it Uh, and so probably right around 2000 2006, 2005, 2006, I started training. I went back and started training martial arts, started training jujitsu. And at the time, the Okinawan Karate Studio was in Pittsfield on West Susitonic Street. And I come into the dojo one day to train, and uh, Professor Mark, Professor Connie were like, we need some volunteers. We're going to do the karate tournament. I had no idea that there, this was like a thing. You know, So for a long time, the, the Pittsfield, the Central Berkshire Karate Tournament, re- attracted athletes from all over new england who would come to compete and black belt demonstrators from all over the world and they held it at the club uh and so you know on a i think it was usually on a saturday um you know they'd get access to the the courts and you know bleachers would be down and all day long there would be kids uh training in kata or competing in kata and sparring uh the last couple times we were there a little bit of jujitsu we added some of that in um but I mean, it was a day long thing. It was amazing. Yeah. People would just come. Yeah, yeah. So it's not just your programming; it's all the other programming you support. Yeah. Well, we, it, you know, you had mentioned, um, you know, the Westfield, the Academy, yeah. and, and us doing food and stuff. And we view the club facility as a resource. You know, um, as we speak right now, there's a, a group of, of adults, mostly seniors, that are playing pickleball. Um, that come in and play pickleball every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, so we we view the club as a community resource. Um, pickleball courts? Yeah, we we painted pickleball courts onto the gym courts uh, a few years ago. Um, and and again, pre-pandemic, it was popping. You know, every day they were there. Um, is the small gym still a thing? Small gym is a big thing. So yeah. we utilize that for um, our preschool. Okay. Um, but our basketball program, as you know, is huge. Yeah. Um, and so usually Monday through Friday from 4:30 on, the big gym is closed because of basketball practices and games and so the kids go up in the little gym um they love it because the hoops can come down to eight feet and they can pretend that they're, <laughs> Dunk. Yeah, michael jordan nice. and everybody else you know that's like small awesome. guys like i can yeah, yeah you know absolutely. pretend a little bit but yeah there'll be there'll be 70 80 kids in that little gym a night um that are that's just awesome. they're just hanging and doing pickup games and a lot of things that kids don't do nowadays developmental yeah, stuff just social nice. stuff and learning how to you know when i we grew up we would go to the park and we'd have pickup games and, you know 
today kids don't do a lot of non-adult run programs right. so we're trying to encourage them you know go create your own rules go create your own teams go do your own thing it doesn't have to be run by an adult yeah. um, so that they grow take a little bit of charge take yeah. a little bit of initiative use your creative that's it leadership. leadership everything is solved by leadership leadership so um i want to i want to spend most of the rest of the program kind of getting into details of the programs yeah. and what's available there but um you, I think it's been a while since you and I sat down and talked. I know. And, and just, well, not just due to the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I think I was thinking on the way out of the house this morning, and you just reminded me. I think the last time you reached out for me, you wanted to talk about the, the SRO program. Yeah. And yeah. It, it took me days to actually get back to you. And by yeah. the time I did, the decision on the SRO program had been made. Yeah. Um, so I apologize for that. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> we're just a big, we're big advocates of the SRO pro- program. And, 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 um, Kids today need structure. They need yeah. support. Um, so, but as I was saying when we were off air, you know, our biggest challenge with the SRO program right now is we we can't we don't have the bodies. We can't yeah. fill it. Um, yeah. We're twelve we're twelve officers down. Wow. Uh, with three who started the academy on Monday, and uh, I was telling somebody at a community meeting, we we called civil service and requested a requisition for six. We yeah. wanted to put six in the academy. Um, so normally for six the formula from civil service we would get 13 scoring bands yeah. so we should we should have had you know 35 40 names we got like 18 names yeah. of the 18 we got two yeah um wow. and our last couple of requisitions have been like that where we can't even get to the number we're asking for so um you know, it's it's hard when we when we're hiring to fill squad cars, you can't peel somebody off. Yeah. And under the police reform, I can't make somebody be a school resource officer. Yep. They have to go through a selection process. They have to be vetted. They have to agree to accept the training within one year. So, it's not as simple as just you know, poof, you're an SRO. It's yeah. it's uh, there's a bunch of legal requirements now. All right, so I know back in the day. Go hang out at the club on a Saturday. Maybe go upstairs, do a little karate. Maybe go over to the game room. Maybe go do a little woodworking. Go down to the, uh, I don't remember what we called it. It wasn't the snack bar. It's like the little concessions yeah. on the backside yeah. of the main desk. Right. Go to the vending machines. Yep. I ate a lot of sandwiches out of those vending machines. <laughs> Necco wafers out of the candy machine. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm guessing, as I wax nostalgic here, that's not what a day or the programming at the club looks like anymore. No, no. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't know that we have a licensed preschool okay. um, upstairs. And, and even when you and I grew up, nobody ever knew what was going on upstairs in that because you had to lock doors and stuff. And we run licensed after school and before scare programs. But a lot of the, the, the philosophy of the club is it's the same. It's the drop-in. You know, right. What we've done is we've taken national programs from Boys and Girls Clubs of America put them into the drop-in program instead of having kids register for them. And so they have the opportunity to pick um, what they want to go and do. Um, but it's a lot of it's the same. We still get the kids who come every day after school just to play in the gym, basketball. Um, I, yesterday there was about 75 kids in the gym right after school. Um, and then we, they still can do the games room. We have a teen center now downstairs for our eighth graders and up. That's very similar to the old games room upstairs, but it's a teen teen center for, for the older kids. We were lucky enough two years ago, Aaron's in Pittsfield, we got a grant from them and they renovated the whole teen center, brought yes. in all yeah, brought in all new equipment, um, gaming for the kids, modern gaming for the kids. This, um, so, so we say gaming, you know, I'm imagining this isn't caroms and, and chess. No, I miss <laughs> it's, it's, that that the technology part of it is very different from when we I'm grew sure. up there, from when we grew up there. But no, they want to have a PlayStation or an yeah. Xbox or a Wii, or, or the little kids get the Wiis and the older kids get the other ones. Uh, but we also have computers for them to do their homework on, yeah. things like that. But we have homework help every day. We get a bunch of kids who come in and get tutored and, and trying to support what the schools are doing. Um, and, but it's it's the same stuff. We have Passport to Manhood and Smart Girls, which are gender specific programming about what it means to grow up to be a productive adult. Nice. And those awesome. curriculums come from Boys and Girls Clubs of America. We have our Keystone and our, our Torch Clubs, which are middle school and high school leadership groups. Back in the day, we used to call it Leaders Club. Right. Leaders Club. Um, and those kids are doing wonderful things. Our Keystone Club this year, uh, tonight, is putting on a, a haunted house called Spooky Way out at Camp Russell um, tonight from that, 6 to 9. That's awesome. Why did we just learn about this this morning? 
Well, like if you went to the website and actually checked, did your homework, <laughs> you would have saw, saw it there before. Um, and it's out there. They we're supposed to do it tomorrow, too, but it doesn't look like tomorrow. It's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. So, so th- there's a lot of good things going on over there. We still have our traditional basketball. Awesome. You know, we had 500 kids in that program. Our hockey program is starting to come back. Um, hockey in the county, you know, kind of dipped for a little while, but that program's starting to come back. We have our swim lessons still, you know, that, that you learned. We have our swim team that's still down there. So I have to ask you, this is a personal question. Do you have adult swim lessons? No. Damn it. No. I'm a horrible swimmer, yeah. and that's on my list of, like, personal things to work on. You might on. ask the why, though. They do. Yeah, you might I, ask they, the why. They do have adult swim lessons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, and we try to get kids in the water as early as we can. Now, our preschool program swims a couple times during the week. Um I was lucky enough my wife knew better. I didn't. But she put our two kids in the pool at three months. Wow. And they both now are great swimmers so that they, uh, you know, if, we're, if they're at the ocean or a friend's pool, we don't have to worry about stuff like that. So, That's But there's awesome. a ton of stuff happening over at that club every single day. I still call it the best kept secret, you know, in Pittsfield because a lot of people don't realize what's going on. It, yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, it's – so I think, you know – I think back to growing up in the city and in my early years as a police officer, um, Melville Street, that that corner, like that section of North Street and Melville Street, and then when the CYC was there, yeah, right, um, you know that those three buildings, boom, 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 the YMCA, the Boys and Girls Club, the CYC, yeah. they collectively were responsible for so much yeah. of the not just athletic development and skill development but personal development yeah. of of our community's youth and to some extent are are still very very integral to that yeah. um you know i again we, you know full disclosure not big in the you know traditional sports my one attempt at basketball was in the developmental leagues, the CYC. Yeah, I may be the only kid who ever got cut from the CYC developmental <laughs> leagues. Scored on the uh, scored on the opposing team's basket. Um, you know, if, I wouldn't have been a I wouldn't have been a high school and collegiate wrestler if I had any skill with a basketball. <laughs> but uh, you know, even though my my experience there was different than many of the the athletes who go there. Um, it, it doesn't it wasn't any less significant right yeah. i can't imagine growing up and not having had the opportunity to spend time in those buildings yeah. yeah the key to it back then and the key to it today is is adult mentorships absolutely you know is adult memberships and and one of the first things that happens to a kid is is when 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 they're go, they go to school they're told who their teacher is when they get on the bus they told who their bus driver is you know it's the first time that they have a choice where you could either go hang out with the the, the staff member in the teen center or go hang out with the staff member in the basketball you, it's your choice who you develop your relationship it's a little self-determination with. Yeah, yeah yeah and and you know our main philosophy at the club today we use this word every day is respect you know respect yourself respect your peers and respect adults um, because we're seeing such a lack of that um, throughout our society and, and, and the kids growing up, the way that they talk to themselves, the way that they talk to each other, the way they talk to adults, you know, the way they talk to teachers, even their parents is, is just not respectful. And so we're trying to break that and change that and say, hey, you want to be here. It's a great facility for you. There's a lot to do here. Get you away from all the trouble. Just be respectful. And that's we say it every day at the club. That's what we're about. That's awesome. Yeah. So what are some of the, so I think everybody is familiar with the the sports programming, right? Um, the, the basketball, and you said the hockey's coming back, to some extent the swimming. Um, what are some of the, the more non-traditional things that are going on at I the club? I think the triple play is the one that I enjoy the most. We talked about right. the feeding portion of that. But triple play is a national program, and it has three parts. And the first is is a fitness component, um, is, is that you got to get up and move. You know, kids today... They've either got something in front of them with their phone or their gaming, and, and they're not moving. So there's a there's a fitness component. There's a life skills component. And that's where we talk about the guest speakers coming in. Yep. And then there's the, the nutrition, and, the, and, and you get a meal out of that. And I think, you know, back in our day, you know, that you wouldn't see stuff like that. We, we had to hit that vending machine with that sandwich was in there for, for a week or so or more sometimes. Um, but th- I think that program is, is absolutely outstanding. Our Passport to Manhood and our Smart smart Girls program, I think, are, are, are wonderful because, again, they're teaching life skills um, in a modern way but with old-fashioned values. Um, so I think they're really exciting. Um, our Keystone programs, our fitness programs that Dan runs um, are, are, are wonderful. So th- there's a lot to choose from when you want to, want to go there and do some stuff. And then, you know, if somebody's a little bit off, they, they didn't have a great day at school, and they, they don't want to necessarily participate in, in anything, 
they can still just be, be there yeah. and be with their peers and be with their friends yeah. uh, and, and be in a social network instead of being isolated and brooding at home. Exactly. You know, it's their choice. And that, yeah. kids, are, and again, I think that as adults, we control every aspect of their lives nowadays. They don't know how to, to grow. And, right. and our goal is to not just produce great people in the community. Our goal is to give every kid a chance to lead. We believe every kid has the opportunity to be a leader and be successful if they want to put the work in. And, and so Absolutely. that's what we teach them every single day at the club. You know, I think, so you, you were talking about the, it's the, it's the kid's choice, right? It's the yeah. student's choice. And I don't want to, this is going to come off as critical and I don't intend it to be that way. But when we grew up, and I, I think I said this on the air this summer, like depending on what was going on with my brother and I, like, my mom would look at us on a, su- a summer morning and she'd be like, get out of my house, come back when the streetlights come out. Yeah. Right? And so we, we had a high degree of self-determination and we had to kind of chart our own path, right? Yeah. You know, go visit some friends, go to the, go, you know, go to the club, go to the lake, whatever, uh, get on your bike and, and go. Um, and I'm not advocating that parents let their children do that in this day and age. No. It's a different world. different world, but to have some degree of self-determination and some control in a safe environment is important, right? right? You, if, if every minute of your, if you're in your developing years as an adolescent and every minute of your day is structured, mm-hmm. you will grow up to be somebody who requires that type of structure. Mm-hmm. You can't improvise, you can't adapt. And being a successful adult requires some degree of resiliency. You've gotta be able to roll with the unexpected punches. Mm-hmm. You gotta be able to pivot and figure out what you're gonna do to support your community when a global pandemic hits. Mm-hmm. You can't wait for somebody to say, okay, you know, it's four o'clock, go do this. And so providing a safe environment where developing youth can can go and make those kind of decisions yeah. and make a different decision tomorrow than they did today. Yeah. And, and to understand that it's okay to make the wrong decision. Right. The only way that we grow and learn is by, by our mistakes yep. and by making those wrong decisions. We had a perfect example this, sun, this uh, summer, Keelan Cross, for the first time, opened up uh, the gym at nights, tw- two nights a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and it was open to high school kids. And the rules were, the only rules were you had to be respectful of each other, no crap on the court, but you guys got to do your own thing. And he threw the basketball out. There was 20 of them there the first night, all high school kids, threw the basketball out. And they took 20 minutes looking around like, what do I do? do? You know, it's like, guys, make your own teams, make your own rules, decide who's going to do what. But they didn't know how to do that. And and, um, so as the summer went on, they got better and better and better at it. And you could see the growth and you could see kids taking leadership roles that you didn't expect to take leadership roles you know traditionally they weren't in that role right and it was just enjoyable to watch and watch them grow and stuff but yeah it's 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 important that we teach these kids to be kids again um and still learn to grow because we don't want them to be puppets when they grow up right we, exactly. we're raising the next generation of leaders to hopefully in 20 years there'll be two guys like you and i who grew up together are here sitting at a radio still talking about a boys and girls club and what the great work the police do but that's that next group that does it absolutely and so you you keep mentioning the word leadership, and we we haven't talked about this a ton on the program, but you know I'm a student and a and a teacher of leadership. When I'm not doing you know PPD stuff, that that is kind of like my my passion, and so I am a firm firm believer that the solution to every problem is the demonstration of leadership. Absolutely. But like you. I'm also a firm believer that every person can and must be a leader. Mm-hmm. Right? When you see something that needs to be fixed, that needs to be corrected, you got to step up and take action. And in its simplest definition, that's leadership, yep. right? Yep. Not not waiting to be directed on how to solve a problem, Correct. but self-initiated problem solving. And so to hear you talk, I mean, it's not like, it's not like go take this leadership class or this leadership seminar. Yeah. It's embedding it in the experience. Correct. Come hang out at the club. Leave here a better leader. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and again, it's it's growth. It's it's taking risks. Leadership is about taking risks. Uh, you've got to be willing to step up. Um, and, it, and it's also about making mistakes. You know, we, we praise kids who make mistakes. And not the type of mistakes we're talking about, but leadership mistakes. You know, and, and we want them to grow into productive adults in our community give back to our community I, you know the most exciting thing is when you hear kids talk today about how oh, i can't wait to to come back to pittsfield because there's a group out there that's like that right absolutely now. They, they understand what they have here and there's a ton of kids we don't have a lot of the club right now does not have a lot
lot of the same problems that are reflective of what's going on in the community because those kids are learning to respect that club and they know that if they don't they can't be there that's awesome and they they want to be there i apologize for looking at my phone i'm getting getting a text message here so we interrupt this regularly scheduled programming for late breaking news dalton pd is getting a comfort dog Ah. pending select board approval that's awesome after uh after our visit yesterday that's awesome. So special shout out to Berkshire Dogs Unleashed and Berkshire Poodles for stepping up and, and expanding this program. We're very excited about ours, and we wish Dalton PD, our brothers and sisters to the east, luck as they navigate these waters. That's so great. Back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to say that. <laughs> Two and a half years on the air, I haven't been able to say that. There you go. It's awesome. There you go. All right. So with the few minutes that we have left... Um, Boys and Girls Club of the Berkshires. Yeah. Uh, you're a nonprofit. Yeah. Got to recognize this day and age. Can't can't give you a microphone and not let you make the pitch. I would imagine that like every other nonprofit, you need volunteers. Volunteers. You probably need some funds. You probably need some other resources. That, staff. 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 I know you we, you talked about yours. In, in, in the, as a community, it's a shortfall. But we need people who are willing to work with kids, who are willing to step up. It's, a, I mean, it's a really hard job to sit in a games room and watch, play ping pong and pool <laughs> and, and, and me- help mentor a kid. But it's... it's, it's, for, it's for the listeners, you can't see this. For the viewers, hopefully that camera angle caught it. The the facetious look on his face when he said that was priceless. You know, it, but it's it, it. We we we're looking for staff. Yeah. Um, we're always looking for resources. You know, financially, we we do a couple drives. We do an end of the year um, drive for the club, and then we do our campership one, which this year was the community, as you said before, is so generous. You know, people who, you know, don't have money. Um, are still making a, a, you know some sort of donation at whatever yep. level they can, um, and we appreciate that. But but the main thing that I would encourage people to do is learn about what we are. You know, go to our website. It's, it's bgcberkshires.org, um, or go to our Facebook page, Boys and Girls Club of the Berkshires, and, and see what we're about. And and there are so many opportunities that if you want to help a kid today at the club, whether it's coaching, whether it's just coming to help with homework help, whether it, you know just mentoring. You know, we don't have the formal Big Brothers and Big Sisters program anymore, but you have opportunities right. to make. Make a difference in a kid's life if you want to. I just realized as you were saying that I'm not sure that I follow the Boys and Girls Club on social media. That's inexcusable. I apologize for that. <laughs> well, I probably you click it when we leave. <laughs> I probably would have known about the haunted house at Camp Russell tonight if I did do that. Yeah. So I will correct that when I get out of here. Thank you. Um, yeah, because it you know both on my personal page and in on my uh, official pages, you know, obviously those are things that if I can. If I can share them and, and yeah. get them out, that yeah. I'd be more than happy to do. Yeah. Um, One pitch is that our, our basketball program starts Monday. Right. Registration ends Monday. And a lot of parents in Pittsfield like to wait, wait to the, the last minute. minute. And because of COVID, because we're still into that situation, um, and as you mentioned, it's going up. Um, in, yeah. in Pittsfield, um, in Berkshire County, um, we had to limit the amount of teams. So okay. if, get, if get your kid registered this weekend. If you what want are the them, ages? Uh, we start as early as kindergarten and go through eighth grade. Okay. Yeah. Boys so, and girls. So we, we're almost out of time, but I want to share this because I, I think this is important. So this was several years ago now. I, I can't even remember. It had to be seven or eight years ago. We, we the police department, was responding to some uh, commentary in the community, some criticism in the community, and one of the things that we agreed to do was to participate in a youth forum out at Berkshire Community College. And one of the things that came up, to, and it, it was it wasn't terribly well attended, but we did some really interesting work. I worked with the defense attorney to do some role playing with some students and stuff. But we were having a, a, a open forum in in the large uh, the large auditorium. And one of the persistent themes is there's nothing for kids to do here, which we've talked about on the program, and we know it's not true. And so a couple of things came up. One was transportation, and the other was access. And, um, you know, the transportation thing, that's a struggle for a lot of people, but there's ways around that. But the access, the the ability to pay, particularly for some of the sports that may have other users' fees, and I'll be completely honest, full disclosure, somebody made that statement. They're like, the kids can't afford it. And my ex-wife was in the room. She's a social worker, and she stood up and she said, that is absolutely ridiculous because she had, you know, socioeconomically challenged children on her caseload, mm-hmm. and she made the point that she had never approached the CYC, the club, or the YMCA and said, I've got a child in financial difficulty and not been granted a scholarship. Yeah. So, right. so we, the membership's $20 yeah. for the year. Yep. 
Fifty percent of those our kids don't pay that. Yeah. You know, if there's a kid who wants to play hockey, swim team, basketball, we will never turn them away because their inability to pay. Never. We'll find a way. Find a way. Right. We'll we find do, a way. Always. But we run a, a you know five hundred thousand dollar a year deficit. Right. You know that that we're lucky enough to cover with some other resources, but that's because the, no kid will ever be turned right. away at those doors ever. So that if if we can leave you with one thing, don't say you can't because the only reason you can't is you're not asking. All right, we are just about out of time. Final thoughts? Thank you for having me today. It was so good to catch up with you Thanks guys. Thanks for being here. Yeah. We'll have to have you back again. Love to. All right, Gary, t- plans for the weekend? No. <laughs> He's not saying anything. <laughs> All right, trick-or-treat is this weekend. If you're out there, you know, the, the kids will be out there, rain or shine. Slow down. Be safe. Be careful. Tune in next week for another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD. Until next time, be healthy. Be safe, but most importantly, be kind. We're 10-8.